three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to week two of the playoffs with the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am Wes Tollison, one-third of your hosting crew, joining you from College Station, Texas, where Walker Lott also resides. Ryan Schroeder calls in from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, guys, it seems like our backgrounds are slightly different. Uh, Walker Lott, is there any reason for the for the goose? No. Uh, this was just a photo I found on my camera roll and I thought it was funny. So uh, I, I also agree. Also, uh, my voice sounds a little rough. I'm under the weather right now. So this is my Jordan flu game on the episode. So I hope a, I, I hope a great performance. I feel that I um I I'm trailing whatever sickness you have by about two days. So I'm starting to get sick. Um, That's probably going to make for a really fun time come Friday and Saturday when I'm recovering two games back to back. But, you know, I'll figure it out. As for my background, this is just a picture I like of one unnamed player tackling another unnamed player. It's just, you know, it's I, I just found this picture on the Internet and I like it. Ryan Schroeder, you appear to be um a member of the Cypress Christian football team. Uh, you have any explanation for your background yeah it's like me and all my best friends dude i'm i'm really close with the people at cypress christian so i just wanted to show a ton of support to them i know i this year i am a ride or die for cypress christian and uh yeah we'll talk more about it later but these are my homies for life dude so i just want to show some respect I love it. Uh, the one of the one of the more random and off the wall intros we've had in a long time. But now I guess we'll see how many people actually watch these intros and how many people actually comment on what's going on. Moving into the first segment, as always, going to recap last week's pick record. I will get my background off in a second when y'all start talking. But I went fourteen and six, um, the worst record on the podcast. Ryan went fifteen and five, the second worst. Walker, I think maybe for the first time the entire year, wins the the weekly pick record, going sixteen and four. As for your aggregates, I am still in the lead, one forty five and sixty one. Ryan tells me at one forty two and sixty four. Walker sadly is still about fifteen games behind the lead at one thirty and seventy six. Walker, although you are still in last in the aggregate, you led last week. You get the last word. Your thoughts? Okay. Okay, you went five and zero in games of the week. I will let you have your few seconds to gloat. Uh, five and zero of the games of the week. I don't think anyone else has done that. They probably have, but in my reality, they haven't. Um, I'm the best there is at what I do. Don't call it a comeback. Um, we're on the right direction. We're gonna pass Wes. Wes is going to uh, just get it absolutely wrong for the rest of the weeks. Uh, thank you, um, thank you, uh, Bishop Lynch, for proving me right. Uh, I, pre- I appreciate y'all. We'll talk about it later, but yeah, great job guys. Ryan Schroeder, uh, not the best week um, from the two of us. You, you did better than I did. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're showing me the trophy I will have here in like little, little less than a month, but you have any comments on, on this week's pick record? Nah, man, I I'm, I'm actually about to like, I only need three games. I only need three games. So when I start picking heavy underdogs to win, <laughs> to win then you're not gonna know what's coming uh i still don't know what the words on this means if anyone can't see that uh um, oh, many toss again it's an old latin affirmation yeah I, I don't know what that means still so um maybe i don't want it maybe this is like curse but dude this is so off the rails i don't even know <laughs> are we keeping this in absolutely okay. Absol- absolutely 
Okay, Ryan Schroeder, thank you for your 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 thoughts on the pick records. Now we will move in to talking about our last week's matchup, starting with the scoreboard powered by TXPS Media and also Ryan Schroeder. So, as for as for the games um, that went on last week, some games we're going to touch on. Grace Prep beat Covenant by ten. Although I'll recap that here in a second. But in terms of games that we're not going to recap. Fort Bend Christian beats Hyde Park 69 to nothing. They put up 69 in the first half. That begs the question, is Fort Bend's offense starting to click? And is this going to be the Fort Bend team that we thought they would be in the preseason? We'll answer those questions later in the episode when we preview the Fort Bend Christian game. Regents gets a big win over Lutheran South. Second Baptist wins the uh, the slot bowl, as someone described it, of 2020, getting a 15 to nothing win against St. Michael's, ending St. Michael's season in the first round. The Woodlands Christian beat St. Joseph 28 to 21. That will certainly be discussed at about the midpoint of the episode. Um, and in terms of other games I want to hit on, that is mostly it. Midland Christian ends Grace's season in Midland 37 to 7. Breaks my heart, but my Cougars had a fantastic season coming off of a pretty abysmal year the year prior. Walker Lot, Ryan Schroeder, Walker first. Uh, anything stick out to you from the scoreboard? Um uh I think the Brownsville game, you know, that was a win that we all thought. Uh, that was going to happen, right? And the Brownsville winning <laughs> that game. So uh, I think it kind of shows just like we will talk about later how, you know, the, dis- the district one is better than district two. I think D- district four in the South is better than district three, without a doubt. I think the only team that made it out of the second, the first round, right, was uh, Regents. Everything else was gone. Uh, so, oh, wait, uh, Geneva? No, Geneva's division three. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think St. Michael's lost, St. Joseph lost, and I want to say Hyde Park also lost. So all three South schools in District uh, 3 all move out, and uh, District 4 reigns supreme. So it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, you know, we always talked about they have a lot of guys in that div- that district, but none of them really challenge regions, and it kind of makes sense because uh, that district is just kind of lesser. So Definitely so. Ryan Schroeder, what sticks out to you from the TXPS Media football scoreboard? Yeah, I I sit here and think to myself that, you know, I will go undefeated one of these weeks in the pick record, but at this point I think it's coming very slim. Uh, I no look one at something has before, so that's not true. I went undefeated last year. That's hundred percent true. You can go fact check it. I don't know which week it was, but you can go fact check that. Um yeah, honestly, oh, a game that I almost picked Concordia. I almost picked Concordia over Nolan, and I don't know why. Everybody can make fun of me for that, but no one. I think no one's like one in nine, something like that. And I was like, I was like, oh, like one in nine. And so then I did a little bit of research for a second and realized that they have literally come so close to winning every game. And then once they have an opponent that's outside of the north of Division One. They just smack them. So um, I think that's what you can realize is the, just the difference between the North and the South in Division One. However, somewhere where the North and the South is pretty much getting even at this point is like, you know, you're talking about the North and the South in D2. I don't know. People, there's been a lot of disrespect on the South in D2. I feel like I've heard, I've heard it um, from people. And yeah, because when, when Regents comes in and is going to put up a fight, on this Liberty slash, you know, whatever you call, whatever you call the top of D2, um, they're going to show that they're a good team. Midland or Liberty um, will have to face the hard hitting of Austin Regents eventually. So um, that was a little tangent, but yeah, and we'll go into division three later, but I have some thoughts about division three, which is just like the North 
the North looks like Dallas Christian and TCS Lubbock are going to be like having a hard fought battle in that semifinal game. And then the South person, whoever comes out of the South, I mean, you're losing, you're losing in the state championship. I'm sorry. I, is, is that, is that rude to say? I don't know. I think you're just, I think it's easy to say at this point. Well, you said a player was going to take off another player's head at one point in this season. So I, I think we've eclipsed whatever hey, root, the root the of S- standards. All, all I have to say is SBC people yeah. stop listening after their season ends. So that's, I mean, actually not true. I don't know why I said that, but I just think that anybody that was on that Michael Bell side of that situation that thinks that I, I, I never said that. I never said that. Okay. Anyways, uh, that being said, nice. Thanks. Thanks, Walker. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I'm now going to cut to cut my background. Anyways, continue. Uh, anyways, now we're going to roll straight into our games of the week from last week, starting with Grace Prep versus Covenant. Jalen Talton continues his fantastic senior campaign, throwing for 330 yards and four total touchdowns as Grace Prep best Covenant 34 to 24. Two lines eclipse century mark receiving as Lehu goes for 107 yards and two touchdowns, and Mathis, Mathis racks in an impressive 173 yards. Walker, Ryan, both of y'all picked Grace Prep to win. I picked Covenant. I honestly, I don't regret my decision. I thought it was good based on the analysis. You win some, you lose some. But Talton, Mathis, and Leahy, these are three guys we've talked about for Grace Prep all year. Walker, your thought on them getting it done in round one? Yeah, uh, uh, you know, Covenant's a really good squad. You know, they've proven a lot of people wrong this year, including us, of how good this squad actually is. But Grace Prep um, is a really good squad, and uh you know, they bounce back from a rough loss to Lake Country at home and come out with a win round one of playoffs. And uh, it's exciting to see how they do. I believe they played TCS Lubbock this week. So that's going to be a good rematch game for a uh, close game that West was actually up in West Texas. Uh, so, uh, you know, as long as that offense goes for uh, with Jalen Tolman and company, uh, you can always count them into a lot of uh, close games. So as long as that offense keeps going like it should be, uh, you can never count those Lions out. Definitely not. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on the contest? Yeah, honestly, uh, I like that you picked Dallas Covenant, honestly, because they had a great year this year. And I actually kind of want to show a, a little bit of support to them because, you know, eight and one, now you finish your season, um, only lost being to Dallas Christian. Uh, and then obviously you play Grace Private in the playoffs. But oh, what a great regular season. Absolute amazing in district. Um, as amazing as you could be besides Dallas Christian. So yeah, big shout out to Dallas Covenant. They had a great year this year. And honestly, I I was worried that they were going to defeat Grace Prep in this game. The only reason why I picked Grace Prep is because of the offensive power that they have in the, these three guys, uh, Mathis, Lehu, and uh, Talton. Um, so all I have to say is this Grace Prep team is talented. The question then becomes... Can three guys in this offense in, in Talton, Lehu, and Mathis, can they overpower the one guy of um Marcus Ramon Edwards? And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's it's a question that has to be asked. But one versus three on the offensive sides of the ball, we'll see. Yeah, very interesting. We will certainly see when we preview the Grace Prep TCS game here in a short while. Moving into game number two to recap, Fort Worth All Saints versus Grapevine Faith. Javant Williams explodes for 170 yards and a touchdown as All Saints' offense pushes them past Faith 45-30. to Jalen Sprague throws for 200 and Andre Minifield adds 100 on the ground as it looks like All Saints could be morphing into the team that we expected preseason. 
Cross and Barley had solid games for Faith, but a complete stifling of the Lions' rushing attack allows for All Saints to take the victory here. Guys, just another instance where D1 trumps D2, or uh, Division District 1, sorry, long day. District 1 trumps District 2 in Division 2. Walker, you know, you were the one that predicted all this happening. Your thoughts on All Saints getting a win over Faith in round one. That's a big win for Fort Worth All Saints. You know, Gravon Faith is not a team to slouch at. They're a really good squad. You know, uh, Chase Cross over there, he's been a guy who's been at the helm for, what, three years now, I believe, something like that. And he's uh, proved why he's one of the better quarterbacks in Taps Division Two every single year. Uh, Parker Barley is a really good player. They had Jay Norris uh, and company, Campbell Stites. Uh, they have a really good squad, and that's a big win for Fort Worth All Saints, putting up 45 on them, too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because I believe Fort Worth now has Liberty. And, uh, you know, Argyle is a really good team, but if you have All Saints, I think All Saints still has the most talent out of anyone in that district, but they have to come put it together and play it week in, week out uh, and use that talent to the best of their ability. And they haven't really done that yet, but after putting up 45 on a good grapevine faith team, like you said, could be the way they're going right now. They finally have that cohesive team. So they could be very interesting game this week. Definitely so. It's very interesting to me that we have two teams in Fort Bend and All Saints that had really high expectations preseason, underperformed relative to those expectations early, but are now starting to get rolling and look a lot more like the teams we expected before the season started. I'm really excited to see how both of those teams progress as playoffs go on. My voice is failing. Ryan Schroeder, save me. Your your thoughts on All Saints versus Faith. So from what I can understand – is I picked Great Fine Faith here, and I lost. Um, you know, it wasn't a good loss um, and by any means. Uh, I'm not happy about it. I know this fourth All Saints team is good. Um, however, I had more faith in this district, and this whole argument I've been making this entire season, how that this district was something special, um, they aren't. They, are, they weren't something special. So I, I apologize. Everybody that was hating on that district all year long, they're correct. You are correct. Because okay, to, to be fair, really quickly, I will say in your defense, and plus I was on this argument too, so it's covering my tail. I don't think we ever said it was going to be special, just maybe better than expected. And even even but, better than expected was But incorrect. they weren't. They weren't. Yeah, no, they, they weren't. We were wrong. No, they were not better than expected. No, I mean, all these teams beat up on each other in the district play, and then they all get shelled basically the first time they play someone from the opposite. Oh, uh, Grace um, got screwed. Yeah. Well, no. That was a no, rough job. No, that was a rough not. job. Um. So, but yeah, with all that being said, though, I, I just wanted to be known that like Grapevine Faith was honestly my most confident one. And they 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 put up a pretty good battle against Fort Worth All Saints. Um, I just think in this scenario, it's like Fort Worth All Saints is like, like we said, is turning out to be the team that we predicted them to be preseason. Um, and yeah, once I like, dude, once they start playing teams from their own, all these district, this whole district's going to have to start playing each other again now, which is just going to cause for more mayhem. But we'll see, man. I, I, but yeah, I have to do. I will have to say that I was hundred percent wrong. Me and you were hundred percent wrong, Wes. That that district was no good this year. Uh, you know, listen, man. I got to ride for my own. I think I've made that pretty clear. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride for my boys, and if I'm wrong every once in a while, so be it. At least I'm loyal. 
moving on into, well, I don't escape it. Actually, it's another <laughs> District 1 versus District 2 matchup, one that I got wrong. Fort Worth Christian versus Bishop Dunn. And this was not just a case where Fort Worth Christian just outclassed Dunn. Dunn should have won this game and didn't. Here's what happened. Hogan Nelson throws for 207 yards and three touchdowns as Fort Worth Christian mounts an immaculate comeback after being down 20 points with eight minutes remaining in the third quarter. Landon Spencer goes over 100 yards rushing and Bryce Bradley gets a pair of touchdowns. As for receiving, Addison Quirton grabs two touchdowns and Jacob Trimble adds two more, one coming off of an 80-yard kickoff return. Add in sacks for Alex Harrelson and Parker Norton and the Cardinals pull this one out of the fire. Uh, Walker, um, we were texting back and forth. I was at a formal in Waco. We were texting back and forth in the group message. I obviously can't follow the games, but like I see, um, Dunn's up 27 to seven in the third quarter. I'm like sick. I look like a genius. I picked the quote unquote upset district two. You're going to be wrong. One of the district two teams is going to win. All of a sudden I get another text. I think from Jack being like, uh, Dunn lost. I was like, what the, I was incredibly angry and no one around me knew why your thoughts, your thoughts on the game. It's a big win for fourth Christian coming back from 20 unanswered. It pro- it kind of proves that the senior leadership, the coaching is still there. And uh, that's a big, big win for them. Bishop Dunn is not a team to slouch. And, you know, Bishop Dunn is a good team. They had a great year and they came in with a great game plan that ultimately was winning them the game. Um, but at the end of the day, that 20 unanswered points beats them at the end of it. Uh, just that's a big win for uh uh, fourth Christian and sometimes you know experience wins and uh Bishop Dunn uh did not maybe have that playoff experience and like some of these fourth Christian guys did and that maybe came to play in this one you know Bishop Dunn is on the rise no doubt one district this year big big win for them uh of district but they still are young and a lot of those guys don't have the playoff experience some of these like like Trimble and Green and others have after going a couple of rounds deep every year so Big win for them. It's going to be interesting to see how this program does next year. You know, you lose uh, Jeremiah Horn, uh, Shannon King, and others. Uh, but they have a lot of young under pro- underclassmen prospects that are on the rise next year. It's going to be interesting to see if Dunn, uh, you know, does really good next year and uh, uses this as a stepping stone to being back to where we thought Dunn was uh, while in the past. So, But big win for fourth Christian. Excited to see how they do next week. Walker, we're going to have to put a word count on you. I can't have you dying halfway through the episode. I know. Here. Uh, you're, you're a vital part of this machine. We can't <laughs> have one of the wheels fall off. Ryan Schroeder, Fourth Christian, pulls this out of the fire against Bishop Dunn. Your thoughts on the contest? Bishop Dunn, man. I mean, it just, it just goes into this whole scenario. Like, I, I heard from people that Bishop Dunn, like, like if it was to happen to anybody, it would have happened to Bishop Dunn. It's just like, yeah. it, it, it stinks because, like, this team is so talented and has so much like uh uh like uh firepower p- potential potential has so much potential but like you know struggles in this type of situation lets up that many uh touchdowns in a row but shout out to um obviously Hogan Nelson had a good game throw for 200 yards but Got stepped up on the rushing side. 17 carries, led the team in carries by a good amount. Um uh, was Landon Spencer the 2024. Um had over 100 yards, honestly. A really good game for him um, and someone to look out for on a really senior heavy team. Obviously, Addison Kirtan, I think I'm saying that right, uh, caught both the touchdowns and had the most yards. Obviously, Jacob Tremble doing his part. But, you know, Luke Anderson, uh, you know, only got four carries in this game. Uh, looks like, you know. I think he was he, banged up a little bit. I think I think he was, too, because I don't see him really even on the defensive side at all. 
Um, so yeah, other guys had to step up in this game. Uh, shout out to the defensive senior, Alex, uh, Harlson, Harlson. Um, he had a uh, seven, he had 11 total tackles, two tackles for loss. Um, just other guys stepping up in this game, right? Um, when, when you needed it most, a very senior heavy lineup, um, and you need the guys to step up. Obviously they're, they're ran by a sophomore quarterback, but, uh, you know, besides that, all the main targets, Jordan green, Jacob Trimble, Addison Kirtone, uh, uh, Bryce Brad or Bryce Brad is a junior, but, uh, Caleb Franklin, all those guys are all seniors. Um, so yeah, very impressive game by four Christian. And, uh, if it was to happen to anybody happened to Bishop Dunn, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not trying to rag on a team. Obviously, they proved me wrong in the district championship against Faith. But, you know, that was the knock on them all year, that they're undisciplined, that they just they shot themselves in the foot a lot. And that's really what has to happen for you to give up, you know, 20 unanswered in that short of a time frame. But you do have to give Flowers Bishop Dunn had a heck of a season, an incredible improvement from years prior. And hopefully they're moving back towards the Dunn of hold. Moving on into the next game, we're going to recap a game that I was at, Bishop Lynch versus Central Catholic. Lynch's offense tames the buttons in this one, leading the Friars to a 41-21 victory. Between the likes of freshman quarterback legend Howell, wide receiver Cooper Alford, running backs Godswill, Giadolor, and J.P. Loxamana, I think I said that right, and defensive end John Paul Savant, the Friars look better than they have all season, pulling off the upset against Central. As for Central, sophomore quarterback Garrett Tyser looked impressive on the ground in his first career start, and Braden Flowers demonstrated why he is a D1 prospect. But too many self-inflicted wounds prevented the Buttons from getting it done here. Central Catholic with a big, I mean, I don't think any of us expected a 20-point win out of Central Catholic. I mean, out of Bishop Lynch. Right? I mean, Walker, you were the only person on the podcast that picked Lynch to win. Your thoughts on them getting it done here? Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year where Lynch kind of went on this like kind of winning streak through the South in playoffs with behind uh, the their running back of theirs. Uh, I can't remember Isaiah Schmetke, mm-hmm. but uh, that was you know the, they kind of saw how the North was always better than the South, and we kind of thought that for a while, um, and especially in Division One. Uh, I would like to like you know Legend Howell. I told him I said on the in the pod and he quoted me saying you know this is going to be the game that like shows like his rise to greatness and and private school football and in the state of texas and it absolutely was putting 41 on a good defensive side uh, like central catholic is a big win for him I, i'm excited to see how he does you know i saw some of the throws and they were on the money and they were really good balls and they, I had, he definitely has the arm talent for the future uh you know Cooper Alford was kind of the quarterback last year, but, you know, kind of being the selfless leader and, you know, going to receiver and just being able to be that guy for legend is very impressive. Uh, love God's will. And I really, I'm really happy you got to saw John Paul Zavon. I thought he was a pretty good player and I'm excited that you, you, you agree with me there. Uh, Central. I'm, I'm happy they started Garrett Tyser. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Perez, I guess has struggled a little bit this year. So moving to him was very, very smart, um, especially in the playoffs. And I think having their, and, from the sounds of it, right? He played a, he played pretty well. So they might have a quarterback in his for the future. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Central does. You know, you finally lose another D1 prospect in Braden Flowers after losing four the year before. Who who was going to have to step up for Central to um, be the Central of old for these past couple of years? Is it going to be kind of a rebuilding time or is it going to be reloading time? And that's going to be interesting to see. 
Yeah, that is the question is what happens to Central between now and the start of next season? We will have an answer to that, you know, as the offseason progresses. Ryan Schroeder, uh, Lynch gets a big 20-point win over Central here in the spot. Your thoughts on the contest? Honestly, I I was called. I was I was wrong about this game uh, by a large margin, and I think I can say that about almost a lot of games this week. Um, but yeah, what a heck of a win for Central Catholic or for Bishop Lynch. Um, the Friars uh, did what they set out to do, and it kind of once again proves that this North in D one is like is solid. Now this is the year where the South in D one has is becoming better and better and better. Um, but yeah, with, with Nolan Catholic, a one in eight Nolan Catholic or whatever they were one in nine Nolan Catholic being Concordia and a Bishop Lynch team that probably didn't have many more wins than that beating central Catholic first round. Uh, I don't know if it's the fact that they're playing all these tough teams in their district and it's toughing them up or whatever, but by the time they get to playoffs and they play the South, you know, these teams, um, know how to do it. And they know how to, they know how to play the, they know how to play teams because they've already had to face some of the hardest in, in all of private school and that being Preston Wood and Parrish. So. Yeah, you're completely right. I think it's a really good point is that if they don't get too banged up during those games, those games are going to give them experience enough that when they play teams that have played worse teams in district, they're going to have a leg up because they have, they've had much more competition up to that point, but that's all for that game. Moving on to the last game, we're going to recap Weatherford Christian versus Sacred Heart. And after a lot of hype building through the beginning of the season, Weatherford's Christian Weatherford Christian's season ends here at the hands of Sacred Heart, 48 to 16. But Walker, uh, Sacred Heart, big win. We all expected this to happen. You know, Nathan Hess, Gus Ganson, Eli Hess, uh, Ryan Swarzynski, all great players. Um, for Sacred Heart, your thoughts on them ending Weatherford's season here? Yeah, I mean, that's a big win for them. You know, even though with all the drama that's going on at Weatherford this year, that's a big win over a good squad. Hunter McCoy is going to come back next year, and it's going to be exciting to see what is Weatherford next year. But Sacred Heart's not worried about next year. They're not worried about this year. And then, you know, they were there last year. They want to get back to the state championship again. Uh, Ryan Straczynski, Gus Ganson, uh, and Nathan Hesse want to get back there. Uh, they're scoring a lot of points and they need to again and again and again. Uh, they play Northland with a good Stonewalker this week. It's exciting to see if they can get back to the semis. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, excited. I am as well. Ryan Schroeder, big win for Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart looks poised to match up with, with Lovett Christian here soon. Your thoughts on the contest? Yeah, I mean, only loss of the season. Love it, Christian, by six points. They they want that game back. They want that game back so bad, um, and you can feel it. They have to get through Northland Christian, which out of all the D four teams they played this year, they haven't faced Northland yet, which is funny. Um, they are they did play Weatherford earlier in the year, and the game was much closer than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you finally faced Northland. There's no previous history of what's happened this year. And uh, can the ten and one Sacred Heart team uh, best Stonewalker with Ryan Sprzynski? We'll see. My guess for that game would be yes, but that is not an official pick yet. I still have time to to alter that if necessary. But that will conclude. That will conclude all of our previews or all of our reviews from the previous week. Excuse me. And now, before we get into our other news segment, a word from our sponsor. This show is sponsored by ScoreVision. Are you looking to upgrade your scoreboards? ScoreVision is a cloud-based, 
user-friendly software with an affordable suite of tools so you can keep score, boost athlete exposure, increase fan engagement, and enhance your game day experience. Head over to www.scorevision.com for more information. Scorevision. Experience the game. Power the athlete. And thank you to Score Vision for sponsoring this episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. Okay, so before we get into the spreads here, we had a we had a little bit of um of drama take place over the over the weekend um via Instagram and Twitter. Um first I'll start with Brooke Hill. Brooke Hill um beat um I don't even remember who'd Brooke Hill beat. Brooke Hill beat Lake Country by Brooke 21. Hill did beat Lake Country. I've made the meme and everything and I forgot what uh I forgot what no, the you game didn't. was. No, you didn't make it the the whatever the no context guy. Yeah, made no it. context. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. no no no. I made it and I gave it to no context. Oh, oh okay. okay. No, yeah. you I'm yeah. take I'm taking credit for, for that meme. I thought that was that was very well done. But yeah, I had a ton of Brook Hill kids in the podcast DMs. I mean, congratulations. Your season ends uh tomorrow when this episode comes out. Great year. I'm not really not trying to dog on Brook Hill. I, I ride for East Texas as a whole. You know, I hated Brook Hill more than I hated anything else when I played. I don't know anyone at Brook Hill anymore. I have no reason to dislike any of you. But the facts of the matter are you're going to lose the Dallas Christian. So congratulations on the win of the upset against Lake Country. Um, you had a great season. It will end on Friday. Um, that's all I have to say regarding that. I just thought the Brook Hill drama was funny. Moving on. Um, into our into the two spreads that we're going to cover, we always ask, does Parrish cover the spread and does DC cover the spread? Because it's honestly not even worth picking their games because they are so much better than everyone in their respective divisions. As for Parrish, Parrish is a 34 and a half favorite against Bishop Lynch this Saturday at Globe by Field. Walker Lott, does Parrish cover a 34 and a half point spread against Bishop Lynch? Yes. Rationale. Uh, more talent and uh, good offensive coaching and great defensive coaching. Um, more good, division one talent. Uh, good, good and, football team. Yeah, good football team. Well, I will say they uh, when was it was like forty something to seven or something last time it was played? forty. It was forty four to nothing in the first contest. So actually, that does make sense. So Walker takes. Parish to cover Ryan Schroeder. If anyone on this podcast is going to take Parish to not cover, it would be you. Your thoughts on a thirty-four and a half point spread? Never again. Never again. Parish to cover. Parish to cover thirty. And yeah. And if I go to that game, oh my gosh, best believe it, I will silently be cheering for Parish to cover that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably smart. I will also take Parish to cover. Uh, I don't see a situation where Lynch gets within. Within 40, but you know, crazier things have happened. Lynch has Lynch has proven me wrong once in the last week, and they will be poised to do it again this Saturday. Moving on, as for Dallas Christian and Brook Hill, Dallas Christian is a 28 and a half point favorite against Brook Hill. It's a neutral site game. I don't know where the game is being played, but is at neither home field. And you can assume it's probably about halfway between Buller, Texas, and Dallas. Walker Lot does Dallas Christian cover a 28 and a half point spread against Brook Hill. Yes. Fair. No analysis needed. Ryan Schroeder, 28 and a half points. Does Dallas Christian cover? Yeah, attack on another touchdown. I'll do 35. Um, I'll take the alternate spread. Fair. Um, I think Dallas Christian covers a 48-point spread uh, in this game. 
Um, no offense, Brookhill, but you know, DC. hey, when 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 they cover that, bro, they're going crazy. They should. What did I say? Forty eight points. Yeah, <laughs> DC forty eight points. Uh, yeah. Okay, moving on into our last little segment. I'm going to give Walker a lot of his flowers before we get into games of the week. I just literally titled this on the script. Walker was right. All district, all Division Two, District Two teams lost in the first round. Walker Lot, we're trying to preserve your voice as much as possible here. But very briefly, you were right. Your your thoughts on you being um, the most intelligent mind in private school football? <laughs> you know, my pick record doesn't show it, but I am the most intelligent mind in private school football. Never forget it. Uh, all jokes, but you know, I just I thought that the district talent district one was much better. We called it the district of doom since the we when it was first announced, uh, for a reason. And I honestly think you know, SES getting left out would probably be the first place team in district two. I just that's what I honestly think. That district one is very, very good. Uh, they battled a lot, and that you had to be kind of perfect a lot of those games to be the state champion or district champion, and that's what, uh, Liberty was most of the weeks. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't I don't think it's District Two is bad. I think it's just they were better. And uh I think Bishop Don, I think Grace even, I think uh, Grapevine Faith are really solid squads, but the talent is just too much in that district. What they should have done, honestly, is like move like an Argyle Liberty to District One or District Two. And because that's you know, they're up by Grapevine still. So uh you know, kind of move it up there and so have kind of just spread out the talent a little bit more. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, big district. And, you know, my prediction was correct. Yes, it was. Uh, no more analysis needed on the subject. Um, again, uh, your prediction wouldn't have been correct if Grace hadn't gotten jobbed by the refs in Midland. But, you know, it is it is how it goes. We didn't even jobbed. pick that game because we knew what the final score was going to be. Hey, thank <laughs> I like how that was the one game we picked every single playoff game in tabs, and that's the one game we didn't pick. And I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful because I, I literally told both of you I would have picked Grace. Uh, I would have picked Grace if it was on the sheet, hey, and thankfully I avoided a loss by doing. He, that. Here's the thing: if our teams don't play, your team doesn't get any coverage either. All right. No, oh, I forget. I'm the only member of the podcast whose team made the playoffs. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. We're going to ignore. I came out of it. Well, actually, your team, I, Walker can say what he wants. Your team came out of District 2 as well and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, no, we're the one team. Yeah, we'll, we'll just be done yeah, with that. Yeah, the one team. Legacy, Legacy didn't deserve any more coverage, so. Emergency podcast coming soon. Moving on into our five games of the week for this episode. The first being Fort Worth Christian versus Midland. Midland is a 14 and a half point favorite. The second round of the playoffs will constitute the second meeting between these two squads where Midland won the first contest 41 to 22. That game saw a rushing explosion by the Mustangs led by senior quarterback Blake Pruitt, who had three total touchdowns and 134 yards rushing. Pruitt has maintained this high level of output, adding 175 and three touchdowns on the ground against Grace in round one. Fort Worth Christian, however, has weapons of their own with Nelson, Spencer, Bradley, Anderson, Trimble, and Quarton poising a significant threat to the stout Mustangs defense. I think Fort Worth Christian has improved since the last time these teams have met and stifled a powerful rushing attack that Dunn provided last week. However, I cannot bet against Midland Christian in the spot. I think they're too tough. They're too gritty. 
Um, I think West Texas just put something in the water that breeds just large, tough individuals. Give me Midland Christian in this game. Don't know if they cover the spread, but I think they win. Walker Lot, your thoughts? I think it's closer than 14 for sure. I think this is going to be a dog fight. And but in dog fights, you know, the tougher team comes out on top. And I think those West Texas boys just have that hard hat mentality. You can always get four four you can always get four quarters out of Midland Christian. They don't really have you don't have the giant name of River Rodriguez that carried them last year. It's a lot of guys who put head put their head down and work as a team and as a unit. And sometimes you just need that in a team. Don't get me wrong, Elijah Winham. I think uh, Joshua Cobb on the offensive line. I like uh, uh, Zandon King. I like a lot of the guys on the squad, and they're a really, really good squad. Blake Pruitt has done a really good, uh, really good effort for them. But I think this is just a team of guys that really are just lock and loaded, play for each other, and are just that gritty West Texas, just tough team. And so because of that, give me Midland Christian. Ryan Schroeder, the podcast is 2-0 and on Midland Christian. Are you going to disrupt the flow? Here, Here's the thing. If this game, because I'm a big fourth Christian fan, and if that isn't already apparent by the amount of love I gave them earlier in this episode, then just understand that. However, I did not know where this game was going to be played. It's going to be played in Brownwood, Texas, which they last time fourth Christian played against Midland, they played at Midland, a long drive, and like overall just a painstakingly long like you know tr- uh, trip. But, you know, uh, Midland, and we've had coaches confirm bus fatigue, have we not? Yes. Right. So Midland Midland Christian is is a team that knows how to handle bus fatigue. Like they're they're like the Hawaii of like uh, of like the college football scene. You know, they they travel everywhere. uh, But every time people travel to them, they still get beat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, Midland Christian is that team. They know how to travel. Brownwood's not close to either Fort Worth, nor really is it really that close to Midland either. Yeah, it's Uh, a it's a weird like south of Abilene in the middle. It's it's weird. Like, you you know, so quick trivia. Sorry, I'll let you continue, Ryan. Does anyone know what the college is in Brownwood? Howard Payne. Wait, no. Stingham, baby. Howard Payne. Oh, it is Howard Payne. Yeah. I went to, did you go to one of the Howard Payne camps? Uh, I went on a visit actually to Howard Payne back in the day. So, yeah, I went on, I went to one of their camps in East Texas and then realized, never mind. Uh, Ryan Schroeder, continue. (laughs) All all I'm going to say is Fourth Christian has to travel once again. Now, it's not as far as Midland, but it's still going to be a travel, and I just think they don't do well on the road when it's outside the DFW area. So, give me Midland Christian. They won by 19 the first time. I have them here again. I think that's a smart decision. Um, Hopefully, Fourth Christian does not win, because then we're going to have another situation on our hands like we did. Uh, No, no. It It might be worse than Clown Town. Moving on into the second game, we're going to preview a rematch, another rematch, Trinity Christian Lubbock versus Grace Prep. Trinity Christian is a 21 and a half point favorite in this one. As I mentioned in another rematch that saw Trinity Christian take the inaugural 42 to 33, a red hot Grace Prep offense will take another crack at Marcus Ramon Edwards and the tough Trinity Lions. Trinity Blank McKinney Christian 42 to nothing in their playoff opener, whereas Grace Prep grinded out a 34 to 24 win over a tough Covenant squad. Listen, we've raved about the Grace Prep passing attack before, and the Trinity Christian defense will have to be cognizant of Talton, Lehu, Mathis, and Broadway. But 
this TCS team is as gritty as I've seen, and I think Marcus Ramon Edwards will be the best player on the field. Add in contributions from Eli Reeves, Hunter Mastin, and Zach Anthony, and I like TCS to win the rematch as well. Walker Lott, your thoughts on the contest? Let me go. I'm going to go TCS Loving on this one. I think Marcus Ramon Edwards has a mentality this year to show he is the best player in all of TAPS Division Three, um, and he is going to show uh, and get back to the state championship this year, and, and and their path is Grace Prep. I think Grace Prep's a really solid team, and I think it's 21 point favorite. I don't think that I don't think they cover that. I think they, uh, I think it's probably a seven point game. I think this is going to be a close one. I think, uh, I think for how much playoff experience Jalen Talton has, he has a lot of experience. He's a really just no. He's really good football IQ quarterback. He knows what to do to win. But I think Marcus Ramon Edwards and company of Eli Reeves, Masson, and Anthony just will themselves to win this one. I think it's a close. I think it's going to be a one of the game for the ages. But give me TCS Lubbock. I would have to agree. I think it'll be close as well. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, this is another game where the last time they played, it was like a nine-point game, right? Um, but you said it won't be close. I, I You said it will be close. I actually would argue um, – that TCS Lubbock runs away with this a little bit. Um, I think, you know, maybe three touchdowns is what I put on it. Uh, they are playing in Sweetwater. Dude, I don't, I don't know these cities, dude. I'm not, I'm from Texas, but I'm not like from Texas. Like, you know, like I don't know all these cities off the back of my hand. Wherever that is, I, you know. <laughs> off the top I, of your head. Off <laughs> the back of your head. It's, it's like right outside Abilene. Yeah, like, yeah, like, you know what? But all I, ha- all I have to say, all I have to say, it's just TCS Lubbock in this game. I feel like it's a little bit different. There's six and five Grace Prep. I think TCS Lubbock shows that they, you know, there's more than nine points this time. Give me them by. We'll go three touchdowns. TCS Lubbock by three touchdowns. I mean, my reaction is just that. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Talton, Mathis, and Lehu. I apologize, and the rest of that team. I, I do agree that TCS wins. I do think it's close. It was I've seen both the I saw the the inaugural match between these two teams. I think it stays close. I didn't think TCS Lubbock they looked better. I didn't think they looked head and shoulders better, but I think they I think they win here. I think that rushing attack is it wears down on the Grace Prep defense. Moving on into the third to final game we're gonna cover. Bay Area versus Holy Cross. There is for some reason no spread for this game. Um Massey ratings has been failing me in recent weeks. I'm not very happy about it, but it is what it is. This Saturday, the 9-2 Broncos will face off against the 8-1 Knights. Bay Area is coming off of a 35-14 win against New Braunfels JP2, following a 47-0 drumming at the hands of Cypress Christian. The Knights of Holy Cross enter the contest on the heels of a 28-0 win over Geneva. Bernie, senior running back Joe Angel Perez, sophomore quarterback Gibby Alvarado, and senior athlete Rudy Rodriguez make up the core of this talented Holy Cross squad and will be a tough matchup for the Broncos. However, Bay Area has done a good job of stifling the run this season, so it will be interesting to see if Alvarado will be forced to put the ball in the air more than weeks past. That being said, I really like this Knights team. I have made that no secret over the past few weeks, and I think they might be the most underrated team in Division Three. That being said, I will take them to advance to the quarterfinals. Give me Givy Alvarado. Give me Rudy Rodriguez. Give me Joe Angel Perez. Give me the Knights of Holy Cross. Walker Lot, your thoughts? Yeah, Holy Cross is a very historic program in private school. You know, they've been a very good squad for a long time in uh, San Antonio. And... um. 
I think it's this time. I think it's their time. I think Bay Area is a very, very good squad. Uh, but I think Holy Cross is a much better squad. I really, really like Rudy Rodriguez. He's dripped out every single week. He's got the armbands. He's ready to play. And I think I really do like Gibby as the quarterback. I think he's a really solid player. I think these guys get it done this week and go into probably playing uh, Cypress next week and a rematch of like the past two uh, semifinalists in Division Three for the past couple of years. So, uh, give me um, Holy Cross. I love it, Ryan Schroeder. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I. I don't I don't know what I think, honestly. If you want to know what I think, I don't know what I think. Um I I'm looking up I'm kind of infatuated the fact of just looking up where all these places are being played. <laughs> Weimer? Weimer? Really? Weimar? Where is that? Yeah. Like, like it's in it's in between Houston and San Antonio. Like might as well be closer to College Station than anything else. What's the population um, of Weimar? Okay, hold on. Weimar. We're gonna that we're gonna get a pop, population check of Weimar, Texas. For anyone wondering, uh, two thousand. Um, for anybody that's yes. wondering, yeah. So, uh, the 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 football field <laughs> looks a little interesting, but you know what? That's okay. You know, Weimar is a place where I, you know, I would I rather be playing at Weimar or uh, Texas or uh, what's called Arlington in the Ranger Stadium, Weimar Ranger Stadium. Okay. Anyways. Um, yeah, Holy Cross is definitely the better team here, in my opinion. Um, I think, uh, I think you can, you can tell me right now, uh, that, uh, yeah, this team, this team is really talented. I think I have eight and one, I think I have here eight and one Holy Cross over Bay Area Christian heck of a season for Bay Area Christian only loss was coming to Pantico and, a a bombshell of Cypress Christian, uh, my best friends. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Holy Cross here. Um, I, I, I'm not confident, but there are crazier things have happened in Weimar, Texas. They probably have. I'm going to go <laughs> after this episode and look up the history of Weimar, Weimar, whatever it's called, Texas, and just see, uh, see what things have gone on there see if there's any voodoo happening here, uh, in this matchup moving on. Next game, we're going to cover Antonian versus Nolan Catholic. Both me and Walker Lott will be live on scene at this game on Saturday, covering it. Very excited. Haven't seen Antonian. Haven't seen Antonian or Nolan uh, in person yet. Very excited for that. I think it's going to be fantastic. Nolan Catholic, uh, surprisingly, is a seven and a half point favorite in this game. In this matchup, the nine and one Apaches will meet the three and eight Vikings. It has always been assumed that the Northern Division of D one is significantly more loaded than the South. Hence the spread in favor of Nolan. Even with that factored into the equation, I think Antonian is the clear favorite here. A 38 to 35 upset last week against one of the most talented teams in the state proved the legitimacy of the Apaches. And behind Toscano, Gonzalez, Moreno, and Strode, I cannot bet against Antonian here. Um, Nolan certainly has the talent to win this one, and they looked apart against Concordia in round one, but I think this is the year of the Apache. Walker Lott, your thoughts? You made me not be prepared. One second. Uh... <laughs> I mean, we're going to have these in and post anyways, so. But now I want to. I want to do <laughs> oh it. Oh, my gosh. Where Where is mine? There it goes. Uh, Yeah, give me Antonian. Yeah, give me Antonian in this one. Uh, 
I can't believe I just had that so quickly. But uh, yeah, I really think this Antonio team is really, really good. I think Nolan is a solid squad. And, you know, there's a reason the firepower always in the Division One in the North are up there for a reason. But I think there's too much firepower on this Antonio squad. And after beating, in my eyes, that I saw in person, a really, really good St. Thomas team, I can't bet against them. And so give me Antonio and Prep. Interesting, interesting. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts? I don't have the right one. I'm so sorry. Oh my I'm going to look a little different here. But <laughs> I have Antonian. Uh, yeah, no, I I, I really am favoring Antonian here. Gosh, this team has been so uh, so much of a surprise this year, um, to be fair. Uh, Nolan loses to St. Thomas earlier this year, uh, 45-28. Um, not that we've already said that none of that applies, but um, it, it is good to know that Antonian's last win is against, you know, in the upset of all upsets against St. Thomas. Uh, can they write off that firepower? Everyone wants to know because I feel like everyone wants to see that Antonian versus Prestonwood matchup in the semifinals. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here, man. I, I, Antonian needs to win this game though. I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, I have Antonian here. Nolan is a good team. Uh, honestly, they just they play they play in that they play in that district. It's hard, and honestly, you're gonna lose a lot of games when in your non district schedule you play College Station, St. Thomas, Bel Air, Dallas Christian, uh, and All Saints. Uh, even though they won the All Saints game, you're gonna lose a lot of games, right? So Nolan Catholic challenged themselves this week this year. Uh, lots of losses, but overall, still not a bad team. I think Antonian gets it here though. Very interesting. We will be interested to see how that game plays out on Saturday. Moving on into the final game that we are going to re going to preview. And honestly, maybe the most excited I've been for a game all season. Regents versus Fort Bend Christian Academy. The spread, another surprising one. Regents only a two and a half point favorite. Out in LaGrange this Friday evening, an undefeated night squad will face off against the Red Hot Eagles of Fort Bend Christian Academy. Fort Bend has finally found their offense and following some systematic adjustments, put up 69 in a single half against Hyde Park last week. The re-addition of Domino has served the Eagles well and will certainly make this contest interesting. However, Regents is still the top dogs. Murphy, Wilburn, Smith, and company held Lutheran South to six points in round one and still appear to be the favorites in D2. This matchup, as I've mentioned, is incredibly difficult for me to predict. At full strength, I think Fort Bend boasts one of the best offenses in this state, hands down. But Regents hangs its hat on an elite defense, only allowing eight points per game. I think this has private school game of the year written all over it, and I'm getting fired up to cover it the more I talk about it. But regarding my pick, I'm going with Regents in this spot. They're tried and true and have performed much more consistently than Fort Bend up to this point. But if the Eagles offense continues its recent firepower, we are in for some top-tier football here this week. Walk a lot. You know, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited for you to go watch this out in LaGrange. Uh, I think, I, you know, kind of like Fort Worth All Saints, maybe, like we said, Fort Bend is kind of clicking on all cylinders right now, and that's what you needed to do is playoffs. So I'm picking Regents. You know, somehow I, I think Regents people don't like me as much, or they are they come at, they come at me a lot, and I've realized this. 
And because of this, you know, I still like Regents. I was one of the first people that came down there, interviewed you guys. I knew about y'all. I supported y'all since the beginning. Because of this, I'm going to go Regents. I think they're a really good squad. Quinn Murphy's a really good player. Uh, visited a lot of colleges, even already as a freshman. I really, really like uh, <clears throat> I like Jacob Wilburn. I like Adrian Verdict. I like Walker Petrie. I like that offensive line. I like Chili Sire. I like a lot of those guys. I like uh, Whitfield Powell. This team is a really, really good squad. And because of that, I think they have talent every single position group. And because of that, I think they beat uh, they beat Fort Bend in this one. I, I need, I'm going to definitely tune in and watch this game when I can, when I'm covering my game. But because this could be one in the, for the game of the ages, especially if Fort Bend is firing all cylinders. But because fi- Fort Bend has not always done that, and you never know what Fort Bend you're going to get, give me regions in this one. It really does boil down to a matter of consistency here pregame. Ryan Schroeder, for the last time this episode, your picks are. I think everyone's already heard who I think is going to be making their way to Waco for state. So uh, I think it's pretty easy to say that, you know, people know that I'm going to pick regions here. Um, Very high on this team. Um, And, you know, they're undefeated for a reason. I don't know. Actually, there needs to be a count of how many undefeated teams there are, because I only think regions who else is undefeated. Is it just regions in all of private school? That we cover, I think, off the top of my head, I think so. Liberty? Yeah. No, Liberty's, Liberty's lost. lost. They lost, lost first it. game, first game of the year. To Prestonwood. Um, yeah, yeah. Dallas Christian lost. Say... Dallas Christian lost the fourth. Yeah, well, we can just make yeah. stuff up though if we want to, <laughs> and just say that Regents is the only undefeated team. But yeah, to our knowledge, yeah. in the teams we cover, Regents is the only undefeated team. Uh, but yeah. With that said, how can you go against them? How can you go against the Regents team like that? Uh. Great second round game, though, by the way. Great second round game. Oh, amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I have regions here. Uh, two and a half is the spread, though. Yeah, give me a little bit more than two and a half. Uh, give me about like a touchdown or 10 points. I, I think I think regions can separate themselves a little bit more than that. Uh, but yeah, overall, regions is proving to be that team. You got to win here, and, uh, and then you got to make your way out of the South. Uh, overall, regions has been one of the best teams. We know they're the best team, one of the best teams. I got regions. That is fair. Yeah, I um I'm so excited to cover this game. You know, for some reason just watching Fort Bend in the playoffs it's always served me very well. And I'm gonna be excited to see if they make this a game on Friday because if they're in it late, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth, I think we could be in for some really surprising stuff. But my pick is still Regents. I'm still sticking to that. However, that is actually all the content we have to cover for this episode. Boys, it is a miracle that we landed this podcast without just crashing miserably because uh, because I think both me and Walker are starting to slowly die here. So, Walker Lott, I will turn to you. Mm-hmm. Your your thoughts your thoughts on the upcoming slate in private school football. Uh, I'm going to leave it with this because I think at the end of the day, you know, you want the hardware. And uh, thank you for to our friends. I was just reading through this at our – <clears throat> Thank you to our friends at LSCSN. Seven of the 32 Task 11-man teams remaining in the playoffs have not made it to a title game. Antonian, Fort Worth All Saints, Fort Bend Christian, TWCA, San Antonio Holy Cross, Central Texas Christian out of Temple, and Tomball Rose Hill. For those teams, that's what you're striving for, to get to that state championship game and ultimately win it. 
you know, I did on a little rant last year, last week about how important playoffs is. And, you know, winning, winning your first game is amazing. It's more than I ever did in high school. But what you want is the thing that you, where you can hold it up at the end of the day and win that trophy. So uh, hopefully y'all, you know, stay focused, stay through the thing. And it's just another business trip the rest of the week. Excited for all these games again. Uh, I love high school football. I love Texas high school football. I love private school football. And I'm excited for another week of it. Truly Get a beautiful pumped. thing. Get pumped, man. Walker Lott is getting you. He's you pumping you. He's pumping you up when he feels sick and everything else is hay off the haywire right now. Hitting the haywire. Hitting the hay. I don't know. Yeah, it's close enough. Ryan Schroeder, uh, close us out here. Your thoughts on the upcoming slate in private school football and any other miscellaneous ramblings you have. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, if anybody's still listening, basketball is back in uh, season. We'll figure that stuff out eventually. But uh, football-wise, I'll see if I can get home this weekend. Hopefully I can from Oklahoma. You might see me at one of your games. I haven't decided. I'm not going to make anything public yet about where I'm going. Um, but we'll see if I can get home. And if I am home, uh, look out for some fire flicks because I'll be taking some photos wherever I'm at. So. Look out for those. They will be on the gallery section of txpsmedia.com. We are still uploading content to that weekly. Go check it out. It's a fun time. Ryan does a fantastic job. But that being said, and barring any other additional comments from either Ryan or Walker, Walker is now getting us copyright struck from YouTube. There's no way we can monetize this. I don't care. Pump it up. You got to pump it up. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one.